Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk scores! Gallagher stepping in and shoots scores! Galaxy Galchenyuk up for the drop, he's in alone, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, welcome everybody to episode 184 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 5th, 2016. We took a week hiatus last week, but we're back and we're going to be here every Saturday until the end of the season. And joining me in today's episode, my co-host, editor-in-chief, owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. I'm also celebrating a birthday today, Rick Stevens. Hey, Rick, happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks very much, Chris. I really appreciate that. Hoping for a, uh, a Habs win tonight to, uh, to really celebrate. Yeah, and Rick, I'm going to try to do my best and give you a better performance on today's show than the Canadians did last night for Michel Tanny's birthday in uh, Columbus. If we yeah, well, it's Canadians. kind of amazing that uh, Michelle Tarian and I are just uh, a day apart because, uh, you know, we, we agree so much. Exactly. Birthday is one day apart, but your mindsets are a world apart. Yeah, is, exactly. Uh, is like what I like to say. So the Canadians... They won eight games in a row, they, including their best start in franchise history with getting 19 of the first possible 20 points. They have a 9-1 and one record. They're the best team in the NHL in terms of wins and losses or first place in the league. But it seems that all we remember is the, the one regulation loss that the Canadians uh, against the Montreal Canadiens, which was last night in Columbus where Columbus beat the Canadians by a score of 10 to nothing. We're going to talk about that game, uh, I think, for a good chunk of uh, today's episode. And it's, it's our question of the day. Is a 10 nothing loss what the Canadians needed right now? Can you, is there any positives that you can draw from this uh, game? You can let us know via Twitter, at Habs360. And you can also let us know uh, via the All Habs Facebook page. And in today's third segment, We'll be opening the phone lines where you can call in and give us your opinion. We're also going to get the opinion of former NHLer Bobby Dallas. He'll be joining us in about uh, 20 minutes' time. And while we know Bobby is very passionate, he's very opinionated, so he'll let us know what's on his mind after watching last night's uh, 10-0 loss for the Canadians against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. Well, it's the uh, the most popular, the highest rated segment that you'll find anywhere in the podcast. Hams 360, the most informative and the most interactive podcast. Winners and losers, uh, Canadians, first place in the NHL. And Rick, let's start with your positive. There was some positive this week, wasn't there? Absolutely, there was. Um, yeah, if we can just blur what happened last night out of our minds and uh, look back to the, the streak running up to that, um, there's, there was lots of things to be positive about. In particular, um, should be no surprise, Carey Price. Carey Price um, 
you know, he had that little stutter start to uh, to the season with the, the serious bout of the flu. But since then, uh, when he's come back, he is a perfect uh, 6-0-0. Um, in that in that time, he's given up just seven goals. Um, his goals against is uh, outstanding, 1.17, 964 save percentage, otherworldly kind of save percentage. Um, you know, he's continuing on um, the spectacular performance he had in the World Cup of Hockey. He has just, uh, you know, it's you'd never know that he'd uh, been off for the better part of a year. Um He's been spectacular, uh, just absolutely spectacular. And um, uh, the other night, he just uh, took the team on his on his back against Vancouver, and he simply won won the game pretty much all by himself. Uh, Carey Price has been uh, outstanding, and for that reason, uh, for me, he's my uh, my winner of the week. Um, like two years ago, uh, he had a f- fantastic season. And right now he's got a tremendous start, <laughs> you know. And you know what, Carey, he's, uh, there's a few special players in the NHL. Uh, we could name uh, Sidney Crosby and, and certainly Carey Price is part of those special players in the NHL. And well, Carey Price has looked special. He's made, he's made, he makes it look easy. If you look at the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think the Canadians won because of Carey Price and even the game against the Vancouver Canucks. In fact, for the game against the Canucks, let's hear Max and his comments on that game. Tonight was just, uh, you know, for the most part until the end of the game, probably poor effort, very, very poor execution. Um, have to play much, much better than that. Carey stole two points for us. So in the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, Carey Price, uh, made 37 saves against the Canucks. He made 42 saves in a uh, to get a shutout. So very, very solid. He looks great. Technically, he he's always in place. I know like I know some Price haters who aren't Montreal Canadiens fans, and they keep saying, "Well, Price never makes a spectacular save." And my answer to that is, well, he doesn't need to make a spectacular save because he's always in position. If you look at goalies that have to flop left and right to make a save, it's well because they were probably out of position originally. So they had to either stick out the glove, they had to jump across the crease in order to put themselves back in position to uh, to make the, the save. So Carey Price, I think, was a good choice. To, uh, to be a winner of the week. Another potential uh, good winner of the week, which wasn't my choice. It would have been Shea Weber. I think he's, he's had another great week. He got a bunch of individual uh, awards. But I'm going to go with somebody who has, um, how can we call him? I guess an unsung hero. I guess is a way you could tell him. I don't know if he's a hero, but He's, he's not a top six forward, but he's been playing good so far this season. The puck, and the only man there was Quinn. Good pressure by Vancouver, but again, they just can't get it to the end. And now stepping into the one front, Mitchell scores! Well, there you go. I'm going with Tory Mitchell. We just heard that was his fifth goal of the season that he scored against the Vancouver Canucks earlier this week to give the Canadians a 2 nothing lead. And with five goals... Tory Mitchell leads the team as a goal scorer. So does that say a lot about the team? If Tory Mitchell is leading the team in goals with five, it's uh, it's hard to believe. But that that's how it's going right now for uh, for Tory Mitchell. And he scored five goals and he's taken nine shots. That's a 56 save percentage. That's uh, that's incredible for sure. That won't last. For, for the whole season, his shooting percentage, it's going to go down to more, I'd say, normal percentages. But right now, he's been playing great. Even if you look at the face-off circles, a 60.2 winning percentage in the face-offs. So that's pretty good. They say anything over 50 is good for the face-offs. And Tori Mitchell, well, he's even 10% higher than that at uh, 60%. And he's done all that by playing not a lot of ice time, 1242, which is, you know, 
typical fourth line, maybe a little bit uh, more, but he's definitely had a, a good start of uh, season so far. Let's hear what the coach had to say about Mitchell prior to last night's game against Columbus. He's definitely is, you know, he's uh, just the way that he competes. He's been he's been a link for a few years, and uh, um, he's got tons of respect from his teammates, and uh, not only for his teammates from the coaching staff because he's doing a lot of he's doing all the little thing right. Uh, he comes to play, he enjoyed the game, and. Um, you know, the coaching staff and the players really appreciate guys like that. So, Rick, we heard the coach saying that the coaching staff respects him, the players respect Tori Mitchell. What about you? Do you respect the way he's been playing this season? Tori Mitchell's off to a, a, a great start. Um, the the line that he centers has been called by many broadcasters as uh, this year's uh, best fourth line in hockey. Uh, he's with um, uh, Phil Deneau who's, who's uh, you know, fit in there pretty seamlessly. Um, Ryan Flynn, which uh, I may argue is the, the, the weakest link and the, the, the person who, who could come off, uh, who might, you know, a Daniel Carr might slip in there. Uh, but we're talking about Mitchell, and he's, he's been terrific to start. As you said, good in the face-offs, very opportunistic uh, with his goal scoring, works very, very hard, and... Um, not a bad choice at all as, as your winner of the week. And, well, now it's time to move over to the negative side of the, of the week and talking about our losers. And, well, Rick, I'll let you go first. Uh, I, I, I'll, be so, I'll be shocked. I'm not sure who your loser of the week will be. <laughs> well, it was uh, Michelle uh, Terrian's birthday last night, so... Uh, I wouldn't want to criticize him on his birthday, but since it was yesterday, I feel uh, free to be able to say he, without question, um, in my mind, is the loser of the week. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not laying the the entire uh, loss, the ten nothing loss last night at his feet, but this has been coming. And if you've been reading my uh, game recaps, you'll know that um, I've noticed that that the Canadians. Uh, are not playing the same way that they played at the beginning of the season, that um, the line shakeup uh, that happened during the Islanders game um, for, well, we know that, that David D'Arnais is, is Terrian's favorite moving D'Arnais up to the first, second line, whatever you want to call it. One, a one B with Max Pacioretty and Andrew Shaw has been an unmitigated disaster uh, that line has been horrible since put together. Um, and the Islanders uh, then through Islanders, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Vancouver. Uh, during that time, David D'Arnais has gotten uh, no goals, no assists, no points. no uh, Up until last night, no shots on goal. Uh, his uh, face-off uh, success has been around 30%, uh, which is terrible. Um Last night, uh, Darnay managed only uh, 10 minutes of ice time. Um, and, and, and in that time, he, he was on for three of the goals, even strength. Uh, so ended up a minus three. Plus, he, was, he took the penalty that started the whole, uh, the whole thing, moving uh, the, the Blue Jackets with the best power play in the league. Uh, got their first goal in the power play when Darnay was in the box. And sounding like I'm making a case for uh, Darnay to be the, you know, my loser of the week, but it's, it's, it's Michelle Terrian who puts him in these situations. Um, and really when the team was cruising along and uh, there was starting to be some chemistry uh, between the lines, um, you know, that's when, that's when, Tarion made the change and upset the chemistry. Uh, we're not talking about Radulov much anymore. We're not talking about Lekanen much anymore. Whereas at the beginning of this season, those, those guys were contributing. Right now, the, the line that's, that's eating up all the first line minutes, the first wave power play minutes uh, up until last night was the Darnay shaw Pacioretty line. And it reminds me so much of of the collapse of last December when Tarion, for no particular reason, put um, Darnay with Pacioretty and uh, Dale Weiss 
who we'll see tonight uh, um, coming in with the Flyers. Um, I, I just the, the his use of personnel has uh, has led to what we saw last night, and um, I, I think for that he deserves the the loser of the week. Uh, so how much uh, before I, I I guess I fully respond to uh, to your comment? How much of the if we're looking specifically at last night, ten nothing loss, the worst Canadians loss in what since uh, I think nineteen forty two was the last time Canadians lost by a score of ten to nothing. Uh, how much do you pinpoint it on the coach himself? Well, listen, um, we've seen the last two games. The Canadians have been. In the last two games, in the first period alone, they were outshot something like 31-13. Combine the two. Um, that's a lack of preparation. That's on coaching. Um, that's, that's not having your, your, your guys ready to play. Um, in addition, um, the, 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 the flow of the game, um, the, the, the chemistry that develops, the, the allotment of ice time, uh, when it's not done on merit, that's the coach. Uh, it's one thing to put uh, Kirk Muller in uh, charge of the power play, and he's he's great coming up with the you know the systems and design strategy. But if you're handcuffing him by saying David Darnay and 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 Max Pacioretty must um, be on the first wave, then then you're not allowing uh, Kirk Muller to do his job. So I think uh, you know. I'm not laying the entire loss at him. I'm I'm saying that the the slide that we've seen over the past three games, um, you know, the Canadians were vastly outplayed by the Canucks. Uh, Carey Price won that game. The Leafs uh, outwor- outworked and outplayed the the Canadians, um, and Babcock outcoached Tarion. Uh, so I think the the slide uh, that we've seen is right in in Tarion's lap. Um, I'm not going to you know, try to guess how much of the, the, the um, responsibility, how many goals should be attributed to him from last night. It was just a culmination of the entire week. Now come we deserve tonight, but um, the good news is we, we play, turn around and play again tomorrow and, and at home. So um, it's tough to shake it off when, when you get scored on that many times. But... Um, We'll see what type of group we have when uh, we lay some up tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, they got an early lead. They got an early power play, which we knew they uh, they are first in the league. So, so they got their game going right away, and um, we weren't good enough to respond. So that's uh, Max Pacioretty and Thomas Plekanec after uh, last night's uh, game. Uh, I agree that Michel Therrien didn't have a good game, even a good uh, a good week. But if we're looking specifically at last night's game, a 10 nothing loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets, he wasn't the only one. I think the entire team didn't have a good game. Was there any good players on the ice in Columbus for the Canadians? No. Like, I couldn't see one player that could say, no, he had an okay game or a good game. I think from A to Z, including Montoya and Goal, they all had, uh, they all had bad games. He, he switched up the lines. At one point during the game, that didn't work either. Nothing was working uh, last night. I think it's one of those games where, you know, you just throw out. It's a really bad game. You forget about it, and uh, and you move on. And like you mentioned in the clips, the good part is that Canadians are playing once again uh, tonight against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. There's a lot of talk on, uh, on Twitter or in the media as well that, they should have pulled Al Montoya and put Carey Price in goal at a certain point. Some said three nothing, five nothing, six nothing, whatever. A lot of people wanted uh, Carey Price to uh, to be put in net. Uh, I think it would have been useless. At the same time, I, I just want to say that a lot of people said the people who were defending the fact that Carey Price wasn't put in goal was because what happens if you put Carey Price in and he gets injured? Uh, I don't buy that part of it. It's not the reason why I think uh, Carey Price shouldn't have played last night. I think it's because regardless if you would have played or not, if you would have came in, it would have made no difference at that point. Whether the score was 3-0 or 5-0, the team just wasn't uh, wasn't ready, wasn't playing 
nothing was working on their end. So putting Carey Price to me just would have done nothing. Rick, do you think Almutoy should have uh, should have been pulled out at some point? Uh, no, I don't. Um, it's it's a tough business, and emotionally, um, I felt for El Montoya last night um, for his you know uh, for his confidence for um, you know the, the embarrassment factor. I, I I think you saw Carey Price pacing in the in the corridor. He certainly felt for for El Montoya. He certainly wanted to be in there to. Um, spare him from, um, you know, any, any kind of embarrassment, but the right call was made. Um, Tarion said that Stefan way went to, to Montoya, talked to him between the second and third. Um, Carey price hadn't skated. Uh, he didn't take the morning skate. Uh, he was promised the day off. Uh, it's not easy for a goaltender to go in cold like that anyway. And having not even skated, uh, earlier in the day, kind of uh, exacerbates that situation. Um, so as tough as it was to see El Montoya have to go through that, um, it was the right call. It was, uh, whether it was Terry in the made call or Stefan Waite, uh, it was the right call to, to leave Montoya in. Um, the, the goaltender that you have to protect in this circumstance is Carey Price. They did that. It's, it's, it's tough. It's terrible. Um, but El Montoya is the backup. And, and you saw um, last night they, they showed him in the crease and, and he was smiling. He's a veteran goalie. He can, um, you know, absorb this um, certainly much better than, than uh, Mike Condon could have last year. Um, I, it was tough to go through, but I, it was, in my opinion, it was the right decision. So we're going to get back to that game uh, in just a couple moments here on uh, the podcast it's time now for me for my loser of the week and i'm gonna go a little bit uh away from the mud clock names and what they did on the ice this week i'm gonna go something that happened in uh, st john's where Guy Lafleur was in town and he was being interviewed by brian rogers who is a friend of the of the podcast by the way and you could read the entire quotes of what happened on uh, the ahl dot report and Guy Lafleur was a guest in their intermission report, and out of nowhere, he just started pulling a rant on uh, P.J. Subban. And and what he writes, he well, sorry, what he said, he says the point is hockey is not a one-man show, and that's why they got rid of P.K. It's a good trade for P.K. to go to Nashville because I think Nashville needs a type of player. They need a show, a showman, and P.K. is the right uh, guy. For us, the Montreal Canadiens, Gesche Weber, it is fantastic because he brought in so much stability defensively and he's pretty mature. Right now in the dressing room, I didn't go there, but I'm sure that the team spirit is a lot better and they are more positive about playing night after night compared to last year where it seems like players didn't like what PK was doing. It's not the first time that uh, Guy Lafleur goes on a rant against uh, PK Subban, even before the trade happened. So it, to me, it's clear that uh, Guy Lafleur had some sort of agenda against P.K. Subban. And the worst part of all of this is that Brian Rogers didn't even ask anything to Guy Lafleur about that trade. And out of nowhere, Guy Lafleur started blurting that out there. So he was trying to draw attention to himself. And two key words that I, that I want to focus to what he said is when he says, I didn't go there, and he's talking about in the dressing room, but I'm sure the team spirit is a lot better. And at one point he says, it seems like players didn't like what PK was doing. So he even admits that he doesn't know, but he's out there uh, blurting, uh, I guess, trash against PK Subban. Like maybe he's right, but maybe he's not. But I named my loser of the week because, well, what's the point of making those comments at this at this time? Rick? Yeah, no, I understand exactly what you're saying. It was, it was a bizarre interview. Um, Brian Rogers is, a uh, is, uh, his, his favorite player, um, was Guy Lafleur. So he was quite excited about the interview. It was between the second and third period. 
of the uh, St. John's Ice Caps game, uh, Brian Rogers texted me and said, "Hey, listen to this because I'm excited. I, you know, I get to interview Guy Lafleur." And um, and Brian was talking about um, Guy's, you know, his his career and how great it was to be in the kind of locker room uh, that he was in. And and Lafleur went directly to PK. I mean, they 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 talked about other things first, but at some point the interview turned and, and he made that shot um, and very directly and bluntly said, that's the reason they got rid of PK and said that, that, that the players didn't appreciate what PK was doing in the locker room. Now, um, Guy Lafleur has access. Uh, Guy Lafleur um, is around the team. He, he has access. He has access to players. He talks to players. Um, I don't doubt that, that, some of what he was saying or maybe much of what he was saying is true, but yeah, I really question, like you did, I question the timing. I question, um, you know, why he would feel so strongly that it had to be said and said the way it did. Um, Guy Lafleur is still, the other thing that's kind of astonishing is Guy Lafleur is still paid by the, the Montreal Can- He is an official ambassador of the Montreal Canadians. So there's some weight behind his words and I was a little surprised that he wasn't more uh, like an ambassador. He wasn't more uh, careful with the, the language that he chose. But, I, you know, we know Guy Lafleur. We know he's not like that. And it was, uh, wow, it was, it was stunning. It was, it was stunning. And once we, we uh, as you said, we published the story on AHL.Report, Twitter was ablaze all last Saturday about, uh, about this story. Yes, the HL dot report. If you want to read the complete story and the uh, Gila Fleur's complete uh, comments, all right, we're going to take our first break. On either side, former NHLer Bobby Dulles will join us, and we're going to talk about Montreal Canadiens. We're going to talk about last night's ten nothing loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Stay with us. This is the Habs three sixty podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from art2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of art2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter as more details on the Habs contest will be announced soon. For high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit art2canvas.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 184 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 5th, 2016. My name is Chris G, along with uh, Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief of uh, the uh, All Habs Network of Sites. And joining us now on the line, former NHLer, 
uh, and the Montreal Canadiens analyst is uh, Bobby Dallas. Hi, Bobby. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. Thank you for, for joining us. So that last night's game between the Canadians and the Blue Jackets, 10 nothing loss. When you were in the NHL, were you ever part of the losing side of a, of a big blowout loss? I can, you know, to be honest, I mean, I never, I don't recall ever losing a game like ten nothing or you know like nine to one. I mean, I think I lost, uh, I lost some games where it was like five to one or five nothing, that kind of stuff. But when you start getting up into double digits, I don't think that happens too often. I know back back in my day, I think when it would it get up when it got up to maybe about four or five, there would have been some kind of big fight to calm things down. I think the other team gets the message, you know, so. I didn't see any of that last night. There was definitely no no fight back from the Montreal Canadiens last night. So what happened last night? Well, look uh, for, for me personally, I've been I've been talking about it all week over here in Montreal. I was on with uh, Chris Nyland, you know, uh, this week on on Thursday, and we're talking about the, the previous two games, you know, the Toronto and the, the Vancouver games. And I said, look, I see I see a lot of things happening here where the the Canadians they're just they're putting their sticks on the ice and they're relying on goaltending to win games and, and, and basically trying to score a couple of goals and just competitive. And and I think what ends up happening is they've become very, very passive, very complacent. And I think they got exposed last night. I mean, uh, arguably, I think, I think Toronto should have, should have beat them. Vancouver, if they knew how to score goals, should have beat them. And, and, and last night they got beat badly. So let's see how the, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be bouncing back tonight. On le voyait venir, je, comme au baseball, on sort d'une série mondiale. On voyait ça venir comme une grosse, grosse curveball. Si longtemps que tu ne te brûles pas, euh, il y a jamais de bonnes choses qui vont arriver. Hey Bobby, it's uh, Rick Stevens, All Habs on Twitter. Um, really happy you're with us today. Um, we just heard that clip from uh, Tarion, and, and last night uh, in his post-game presser, he said. Uh, that it was a tough game um, and that uh, it was a bit of a curveball. He used a baseball analogy. But he said that the coaching staff, um, the coaching staff, we saw this coming. Um, if if the coaching staff saw it coming, why didn't they do something to prevent it? Well, look, uh, let's face it, Rick. I mean, the thing is, you cannot win 80, 80 games. It's impossible to do, you know. That, can, that, that That's a given. Now, you can win your fair share of games, uh, and that's also a given. But I think that when you do see things like this habit-forming, you know, like I was talking earlier about the two previous games, you know, Toronto and Vancouver, Montreal got outplayed, and they saw it. And like they said, they saw how it was unfolding. They saw where it was going. You know, I was using an expression this morning with a friend of mine. I says, you know, my, my father was told to go to the, the store and, and buy some milk. And, it, and his father gave him a slap in the face first before he, before he left. And he goes, why did you slap me in the face? Well, it was because if you're thinking about spilling it, I'm going to slap you now. So it's like <laughs> if, you see, if you see that it's coming, why wouldn't you try to slap him in the face and say, hey, we see this coming. Let's do something about it. Let's address it right away. Instead of saying after the fact, oh, you know what? We were just sitting here on our hands and we didn't do anything about it. And I think that's what was more disappointing because I, I saw it. I saw it forming. I think a few people saw it forming. Uh, and, and, that, and that's when you see that kind of thing. You've got to be able to gra- grab the bull by the horn and say, hey, guys, you've won nothing so far. Last year, your record was this and you didn't even make it to playoffs. You know, the, these kind of things have to be put in their face all the time. It's not always, it's, it can't always be rainbows out there. You've got to be able to pull, reel those guys in and say, look, guys, it's got to be serious. This is, this is what's happening. We see a lot of bad habits, a lot of things forming. Let's do something about it. And like you said, just saying we saw it coming and didn't do anything about it, I think that's unacceptable. One of the things that um, there's been, was a lot of criticism last night on social media, uh, headed towards uh, David Darnay, and uh, he, had a, he had a terrible game last night, minus three, he was in the penalty box for the, uh, the first goal. Uh, but again, this is something, um, we, t- we talked about it before you came on, and, and in my game recaps, I too have been seeing this, this slide that I, I, I talked about, um, where the Canadians are relying more and more on goaltending, and it was back at the Islanders game when Terrian 
reunited Dayarnay with with Pacioretty, um and really scrambled the rest of the lines. And since then, we haven't seen anything from uh, in in the four games in the lead up to last night. Dayarnay has had no goals, no shots, no points, uh, no no nothing. Um, what what does what does Tarion see in him or that combination with uh, Pacioretty that that he keeps sending them out there without any changes? Well, I think this is the million-dollar question. We've, I think a lot of us have been asking this for uh, not just this year. We're talking about years now. Why do you keep going to a guy that I, that I think at best is a, is a third-line center able to jump up and play a little bit of power play to help out in some scenarios? And I think that, that the raises a bigger a bigger red flag, basically saying you don't trust in Galchenyuk. And, 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 and for myself, I think Galchenyuk is the number one guy. Uh, right now, it's you know, who is the number two? Placanitz is not playing well. Deharna is not playing well. So who, who do you have in that slot? I think that's a bigger, bigger red flag right now for the Montreal Canadiens, basically saying uh, we don't have anybody. We're, we're just going to keep trying to mix it up underneath, and we're going to rely on our goaltending in the meantime and try to win games 2-1 to one or 3-2. Or to two. That's, that's what they're basically saying. And, and, it's, and it's, for me, I'm not happy about it. And why? Because I think David, David, David DeHarnet has had better years. His better years are behind him. People know how to play him. He's getting a little bit older. Uh, last year of his contract, it's, you know, stop giving him the opportunities to gain another contract instead of trying to weed him out and maybe put somebody in that spot. Myself, personally, I think it's a good, a good time to bring up a guy like Michael McCarron and put him in that third slot and, and just get things going the way they're supposed to be going in the National Hockey League. Is it easy for the players now to put last night's game behind and be focused on tonight's game? Like, is there anything positive that could come out of that kind of thing loss? Well, I'll tell you what. The positive thing about last night's game, it was such a bad game that it's one of those games that if you had a VHS or a, or a CD of the game, you don't even look at it. You just throw it in the garbage. It's, it's one of those explosion videos. You just throw it, you burn it, and say, okay, that's not going to happen again because there ain't nothing good you're going to pull off that tape. Unless you're the Columbus Blue Jackets, there's nothing good you're pulling off that tape. So you've got to be able to say, look, that's a stinker. We weren't prepared. We weren't this. We weren't that. That's fine and dandy to say. Now step on the ice and show it. Because, you know, last night, like I said, guys, I understand the game has changed. There's not much fighting. There's not much of that stuff going on. But when it was around 4 or 5 nothing, somebody should have been accountable and say, this is enough. This is embarrassing. Uh, you know, just step up and do something. You grab somebody, throw something in the ground. You know, a couple of guys do the scrum, the hullabaloo, whatever you want to call it that. Just to say to the other guys, hey, guys, respect us. Because last night, I didn't see any respect. Columbus just kept coming, and Montreal looked like a bunch of little sheep out there, and they were just getting rolled over. So the best thing to do uh, is to, to, to put this game behind and, and file forget it. about it. File it. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, for but, sure. but do you think? I mean, does it happen when you have a game like that? Um, does it get referenced later on in the season that hey, remember it? You know, we should learn from. And I guess the 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 part two of the question is is do other teams reference? Do other teams in the league reference this game? In other words, hey, the Canadians are coming in out unbeaten. They're they're intimidating. They have a bit of a swagger until last night, and then. Um, you know, teams can say, hey, if, if Columbus, the 26th place team, can beat them 10 nothing, we can beat them. Well, I, I think in a lot of ways that, that's true. But, and I think what's, what's more, uh, more alarming is, you know, the last, you know, it looked like Toronto found a way to beat the Montreal Canadiens. You know, I think Vancouver looked at the game tape and said, look, this is the way they played against Montreal and almost beat them. You know, now Columbus look at the same tapes going, what did they do to put Montreal on their heels? So from what I'm thinking is, it seems to be the, same, the, the, the teams are watching videos about what worked against Montreal. And right now, Montreal is not doing anything. They're just continuing on their, on their same road, playing the same style and hoping for different results. Uh, you, can't, you can't hope for Carey Price to carry to the promised, promised land. 
know, teams are looking at video. They look at it daily. And when a team comes in and has good success against a certain team, everybody wants to copy it. Back in my day, we used to always look at game tapes of teams that played well against the Detroit Red Wings because that was a team in the 90s. So what we did is we tried to copy them, take a page out of their book, and then put it in their face. We made the games very difficult for Detroit, just like a lot of other teams. So now teams are going to start making it very difficult for Montreal. Now, now the thing is, Montreal's coaching staff has to find a different way to play the game, or else it's going to be deja vu all over again. One of the, the coaches' decisions that's been criticized from last night's game is the fact that Al Montoya was in goal for uh, all 10 goals. Do you think Montoya should have been pulled at some point? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, my buddy from Anaheim, uh, Guy Hebert, the goalie there, uh, tweeted me last night. You know, he goes, "What's going on?" <laughs> that's that's puzzling. He wrote me to me puzzling on on Twitter, and I, I thought for sure K. Price was coming in for the third period. And I understand you're trying to save him. I understand you don't want to hurt him, but at the same time, too, you, you're destroying one other guy to just try and save another guy. I mean, it's look, Kerry Price was up and down in the corridor last night, stretching and warming up, because he knew if it was the other way around, he'd want the same thing. I mean, all of a sudden, you don't do that. You just you left him in the net saying, here, Al, it's all on you right now, and sorry, sorry about your luck. I mean, they just kept coming and coming and coming. I think it would have been a good opportunity for Kerry Price to go in for the third and, and say, look, shut the door here for the third, and let's get ready for tomorrow night. Think of it as a pregame skate tonight. And they didn't do it, and I thought that was kind of weird to leave Montoya in the net. And look, 10 goals against, I'll tell you what, that's that's not a good thing you want to have on your resume in your career stats going forward. All right, former NHLer Bobby Dallas. Thank you for joining us, Bobby. Not a problem, guys. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, Bobby. Take care. All right, so that was a former NHLer Bobby Dallas who uh, who joined us uh, to reach us to uh, to talk to Montreal Canadiens uh, hockey, and well, we asked a couple of questions during uh, today's uh, episode. The first one is: Is a ten nothing loss what the Canadians needed? And another question we can ask: Since uh, Al Montoya seems to be a hot topic question, have you lost confidence? in Al Montoya based on last night's game. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can go to the All Habs Facebook page and leave us your comments as well. Or you can give us a call at one 4945 Stay with us. This is the Habs360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hams360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, 
and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a rocket power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. Episode 184 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 5th, 2016. My name is Chris G, Christy1980 on Twitter, along with uh, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, allhabs. And Rick, it's uh, November. Uh, we know every November there's a, uh, there's a good cause that uh, that we, that the whole All Habs team works together on. Absolutely. It's uh, not November, but it's Movember. Movember being the month where uh, the guys grow uh, cheesy, unseemly-looking uh, mustaches uh, to raise awareness and also to raise funds uh, for men's health. And, um, and the ladies, there's a uh, move challenge. Uh, that is, you set your own personal... Um, a goal that you want to achieve and, uh, and you raise money as well. And it's, it's something that, that um, many NHL players uh, 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 get involved with and, and certainly the fans. And so at the all Habs team, we, we take it very seriously. Um, we, we uh, love to bring fans together to be able to uh, raise money, raise support for, for fellow fans. And, and uh, so we have, Right now on our uh, All Habs uh, Movember team, we have 12 members, and we've raised, uh, just in a couple of days, we've raised over $500 already. Um, and if you want to uh, um, help out, if uh, you either want to join the team, if you want to make a donation, uh, just go to moteam.co, moteam.co slash all hyphen Habs hyphen hockey hyphen magazine. Um, and um, or look for our look for our tweets about it uh, on uh, on Twitter um, at the uh, All Habs uh, Twitter account. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, either participate or or um, or uh, uh, donate. It's a great cause. Um, it runs the entire month of November, and we'd uh, we'd really appreciate your support. You know, no one's losing confidence. No one's, no one's losing faith in this locker room. We fully believe in each other. Um, it's just one of those things, you know, learning from last year's lessons. We're going to learn from it. This is some adversity. You know, adversity has the opportunity to either crumble you or make you stronger. We're going to see how we come out. But, you know, I believe in everyone in this locker room. So that's uh, Brendan Gallagher following last night's game. And while the question that we've been asking is a 10 nothing loss, what the Canadians needed. And the reason why we asked that question, that I asked that question, is because, well, the Canadians were off to a 9-0-1 start. So we all knew that at some point the Canadians were going to lose. We were going to start losing. Like, nobody was expecting them to go 81-0-1 uh, this season. Well, besides Rick, obviously, because he knows how good Michel Therrien is. But realistically, we knew that wasn't going to happen. So... They had to lose at some point. Is this a loss that's going to help them, the Canadians, bring them back to their feet, bring them back to um, to work hard, go back to their to their good habits that made them win at the start of the season? And I think it, it will. It's going to help. And definitely tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers is a good way to start it. It's a good thing the Canadians are playing right away and try to get a victory to make sure that last night's loss is forgotten. Because if the Canadians lose again tonight, then the panic has already started in uh, in the Habs, in Habs land, in Habs nation. If they lose again, it's going to get even, even worse. But my friend, Tori Mitchell, who was my winner of the week, this is one of the reasons why I named him my winner of the week, because he had a good quote earlier this week. Calm, s'il vous plaît. There you go. Calm, s'il vous plaît, is the advice. Everybody stay calm. It was one game, a very bad game. Let's put it behind us and uh, and move ahead. Rick, is is the loss that Canadians had last night a good thing for them? Maybe. Um, you know, as as Bobby uh, Dulles said last segment, 
a, a stiff a slap in the face. <laughs> and certainly last night's game was that for the Canadians. It was funny against the uh, Vancouver Canucks, uh, 42 shots against uh, 42 saves by Carey Price for his 37th shutout of the, of his career. And, and they were just shut out at, or uh, outshot at what, at one point it was 24 to three, something like that, maybe seven minutes into the second period. And um, after the game, Nathan Beaulieu said, wow, that was, that was a wake up call for us. And um, they asked Kerry, um, you know, was it a wake up call for you? And he said, you know, I'm pretty much awake after, after that game, <laughs> a brilliant quote. Um, but apparently it wasn't enough of a, a wake up call. Um, you know, they, they, they said it was a wake up call, um, but they won the game. They won the game three, nothing against the Canucks. Um, even though they were so badly outshot, not enough of a wake up call apparently. So maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe something like, um, you know, a, a, a really difficult, embarrassing, um, humiliating, call it what you will, lost last night is what was needed to get them out of the bad habits that they had been sliding into, the, the bad habits that caused them to be relying more and more and more on, on goaltending, relying on Carey Price. And it didn't happen last night. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and also, if this is the jolt that Michelle Therrien needed to bring back some sort of uh, common sense and order to his lines and, and restore some of the um, uh, lines that he had at the beginning of the season that seemed to make sense, certainly from, from a hockey perspective and, and, and allocation of uh, vice time, um, maybe it was worth it. But it, it, a, that's a tough lesson. That's a tough thing to – a team shouldn't have to go through that kind of a – uh, a lesson. Um, but, you know, maybe it was if, if they turn this around starting tonight against the Flyers, maybe it was all worthwhile. And uh, let's see what uh, was said on Twitter in regarding to that question. Tim Alexander, uh, he, he writes, what is needed is an NHL coach. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Tim. Uh, next comment comes from, let's see, it comes from uh, Skills, Skills25. He writes, if they lose again tonight, a serious look at the coach is needed. Kirk Muller was brought in for a reason. The system is obvious for defense to read. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Skills. And uh, we got one more. It comes from uh, Brian Lenaf. Brian writes, what you need is a coach to realize Dernet is not an effective NHLer. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Brian. Rick, on uh, Facebook? We do have a couple on Facebook. Um, Carrie uh, Littlelainen, uh, he said, let's talk Philly. The game's behind us. It's time to move on. He wants to forget all about it, focus on the Flyers tonight. Uh, Blaine Potvin, one of uh, the members of our team, who um, let's give a shout out to him. He's uh, now in port in Jacksonville. He's a member of the Canadian Navy. They've been out um, and haven't seen land for two weeks until last night. He was able to come into Jacksonville and and see the debacle that was last night. About the, um, the question, Blaine says, honestly, yes, this team needs to focus on the basics like Weber does. Um, do the basics right every time like him and you'll, you'll be a winner. And uh, there was also a poll question on the, the Habs 360 Twitter account uh, that was, have you lost confidence in Montoya because of last night's game? And this question was, the poll question was intentionally put there for, for a reason. One is because of the Canadians 10 nothing loss against Al Montoya. And also because of, I think it was the night before, two nights before, but well, definitely this week, Mike Condon got a shutout in Ottawa. So trying to combine both of those, maybe to start some kind of backup goalie controversy. But we have smart followers, and he didn't bite the poll. The results so far is 92% have, as know that they haven't lost confidence in Montoya because of last night's game. But it did spark lots of reaction on the Twitter 
as well, which is good because, you know, Hab360, we're very interactive podcast. The most. Yeah, definitely the most. Home of the Habs writes, no. Sorry, I clicked on the right button, wrong button here. Said the Habs didn't, so we shouldn't either. Frankie from United Kingdom. So we're worldwide. He writes, no way. Next one comes from uh, Scooter, who writes from Vermont. Words of Braden Holtby just don't have two bad games in a row. So, and, and that's definitely true when it comes either to Alman Toy's performance himself or for the Canadian team in general. And that's what we're going to see tonight when uh, they face the Flyers. Uh, Jen from North Dakota writes, no. Just began work on a new sub sub basement for my belief in Habs coaching and management. Mike Morenzi from Detroit, Michigan writes: If anything, the team should be held accountable for leaving the poor guy out to dry. Same with the coaching staff. Next week comes from Jacques Beaulieu. I never was a fan of Al. I would have kept Condon. Al looks like a midget, very small in net. So not a He's a Montoya hater, that uh, Jack Pony. So thank you for the tweet. A dot writes, no, but my confidence in the coaching staff and management is now well below zero. A Habs fan 2 writes, Montoya should have been pulled after the first period. Wendy from somewhere in Canada, because there's a Canadian flag on Ravatar, writes, no, the team in front of them is partially to blame. They didn't show up. And I definitely agree none of the team, including Montoya, didn't uh, show up last night. Next tweet comes from Dan Savard, writes, who leaves the goalie in for 10 goals? A beer league coach. So thank you for uh, the tweet. Next one comes from uh, Skills, writes, if they lose again, no, I read down. Sorry, wrong one. 100% disgusting to do that to a goalie. That was on the team and the coaching staff. My faith is in Montoya, though his stats won't show it now. So thank you for the tweet. Kelly writes, Seriously, you are only as good as the people around you. That's what makes it a team. Win as a team, lose as a team, coach included. Alfredo from Montreal writes, This question is ridiculous. Thank you. I explained why I asked that question. Uh, Flippin from Montreal wrote, "But we lost in, but we lost confidence in Terry. Fire him." Uh, Eugene writes, "No, but I still don't have any confidence in the centerized position. Plekanec and Dernay can go." Sandra from England writes. He can't take all the blame for the loss. The rest of the team didn't play at all well. Hope they're back to form soon. So thank you for the tweet, Sandra, and I hope that soon is actually uh, tonight when the Canadians face the Flyers because then it's going to get really, really interesting for uh, for the Montreal Canadiens and Habs Nation. So thank you very much, everybody, for uh, your tweets and your comments on Facebook. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets. On Hams 360. And Rick, when the Canadians go through a bad stretch or a bad game last night, there's definitely some bad tweets out there. There was a whole boatload of bad tweets, dumb tweets, uh, just silly tweets. Um, the Canadians uh, fan base kind of lost it last night. Um, there was There was actually too many to pick out one. So we'll just put them in uh, buckets, in categories here. Um, bad tweets, anything where where um, uh, you said that Condon would you know would have never allowed as many goals as Montoya, uh, that's a bad tweet. Um, anything where you tried to inject PK Subban that PK Subban would have made a huge difference um, last night, that's a bad tweet. Uh, I mean that that's that's just silly. Um, any any of the tweets where. Uh, they were trying to blame um, Shea Weber for a lack of leadership last night uh, are just really bad tweets. Um, it was, 
eight nothing. I think it was about eight nothing, and uh, there was a, a, a couple of of uh, Twitter users who were all over Shea Weber in my timeline, saying that uh, he should have dropped the gloves last night. Eight nothing. That's just a dumb tweet. Uh, listen, Shea Weber has been superb, absolutely superb, better than anyone could have imagined. Uh, he's leading the team. Uh, in points, uh, he's a plus 14 in plus minus. Um, he's got four power play points. He's got three game winning goals last night in 25 minutes, just over 25 minutes. Um, in a 10 nothing loss, he ended up an even. He 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 um, he wasn't on the on the ice for an even strength goal. Shea Weber, this I'm I'm sure he he was uh, bothered by this. Um, he didn't speak to the media last night. I think he, you know, did want to speak to his teammates on the plane on the way back. Um, Shea Weber um, should not have been criticized last night. So uh, those categories of tweets without singling anyone out in particular uh, are are bad tweets for the week. Uh, Speaking of tweets, a couple more came in. First one comes from Aldo. He writes, this was a team decision. They all deserve this, and I'd rather one ten nothing lost than the repeat of last year. And that's for sure. If the Canadians go back on the hot streak, this loss will be uh, will be forgotten. And the last tweet comes from Skills. He writes the fact that Davy for David Dagnes, the only forward in the minuses for the Canadians, really shows he shouldn't be playing where he is playing. So thank you for the tweet. And I think we're all in agreement that Dagnes, he's a uh, He's a number three center. He's not anything higher than uh, than that. Rick, uh, just a couple of uh, seconds. Uh, earlier this week, Mikhail Sergachev, he was sent back down to uh, his AHL, uh, sorry, not the AHL, his junior team to uh, the Windsor Spitfires of the OHL. I think overall that's, that was a good decision by the team. Absolutely. A, a, a very good decision. Um, I, I think he didn't get in that many games, but I think the exposure he got to um, to being a, a, a pro, um, the, the exposure he got to the NHL, um, he knows now what he has to work on and improve over the course of the year, and he's going to dominate junior. He's going to get to play in the Memorial Cup uh, as Windsor is a host. Um, Mikhail Sergachev is 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 going to be a cornerstone defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, he 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 really had his his eyes open. I think the uh, the tweet that he sent out uh, as he said goodbye said it all that he really appreciated the experience. Um, if if you follow him on Instagram, you've seen that that the uh, Russian contingent has really taken him under their wing uh even though he's terrible at poker and he had to do all kinds of crazy things um for the loss and and he's pictured with markov and galchenyuk and um and emelin um i think it was a great experience for him and we look forward uh to him having a very productive year in junior and then to uh, cracking the lineup um next year for the montreal canadians Obviously, I had a good time here. Talked to those guys like Markov and Weber and uh, all players because they had a good experience in NHL and uh, it's just pretty amazing. It's not every 18-year-old kid can talk to Shea Weber, to Markov, and play games with them and practice with them. So I had that. Yeah, so he had that and he got one month's worth of an NHL paycheck. So that's not bad either. And well, what is it? What does he have to improve? Here's what uh, the GM had to say. Uh, do things quicker. If I say one 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 phrase, do everything quicker. Uh, in junior, you have more time. At this level, there's no time. Time and space is limited, and uh, he has to get to a point where he has to work on that. Even in junior, when I see him, he takes his time to make plays because he knows that he has time, but he has to do it quicker. So there you go. So we're going to see Sergeyev in the Canadian uniform sooner than later. Obviously not uh, this year, but you know there's a good chance he does make the team uh, next season. Rick, thank you very much. 
That was a great show. Thanks for having me on. It was our pleasure. It's great to be uh, to be back. Thank you to everybody who sent us in their tweets and their comments on the All Habs Facebook page and on the Habs 360 Twitter account. Thank you very much as well to former NHLer Bobby Dallas who joined us in the second segment. If you just joined us and you missed it, go to iTunes, go to All Habs, type Habs 360, and you'll be able to listen to uh, the interview uh, once again. Remember, Canadians lost 10 nothing last night, but as Tori Mitchell says... Calm, s'il vous plaît. Exactly. Calm, s'il vous plaît. Let's relax. It was only one game. Canadians can turn it around. And next week, well, we might be back and be super happy about the Montreal Canadiens. So have to tune in next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. My name is Chris G. Talk to you in seven days. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.